to talk to you about saving the planet. Did you know that if we're not careful, we can get distracted from what's really, really important? Anybody ever get in a conversation and then it went south on you and you started off on a little rabbit trail and you never really did get back to what, you, what was really important? I think we all do that, and it's kind of it's kind of tough to to stay hooked on what's really important. And I think that our nation has gotten off on a rabbit trail. So I want to I want to clarify what saving the planet really is all about. We need the church needs to save the planet. The church has done a little global warming and has done a little global cooling. <laughs> but the church needs to be hot for God. The church needs to warm up toward the truth of the word of God and not grow cold to the truth that God, because only the word of God will change our world. And that, my friend, is what's going to save the planet. There's a lady, she, uh, she uh, got in a, uh, she was sitting behind a, a gentleman in a car and the light turned green and he didn't move. And she, she starts, she's like, she's, a, she just in a hurry and nothing, and she just gets mad and angry and starts beating on the deck and, and just cussing and, and flip this guy off and just, I mean, just going. And the next thing she knows, the light turns yellow. And so she honks the horn and she's just livid in this car. And just as the light turns red, the gentleman realizes that he missed the green light and he takes off and she gets stuck behind the red light again. And she is so angry and just cussing a blue streak. And she looks over into the window and there's a gun pointed and tapping on the window and it's an officer and he says, ma'am, would you step out of your car, please? And she just, she steps out of her car and he puts her up against the car and he frisks her and, and he puts the handcuffs on her, takes her into, into the precinct and puts her in jail for a couple hours and takes all of her belongings away from her. Then after two hours, he comes back. He says, ma'am, says, I, I really need to apologize to you. She, and she's like, man, I can't believe all this happened. He said, well, ma'am, when you, you started cussing and beating, the, beating your steering wheel and beating the dash on the car, and you was flipping that guy off and everything, and I was right behind you, and uh, you, you have a what would Jesus do bumper sticker on you? You got a little, you got a little chrome fish on the trunk, and your license plate it says choose life. He said, "Ma'am, I just knew that you had stolen that car." Matthew 5.13, it says, you are the salt of the earth. 
But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again in question? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and to be trampled by men. I thought about titling my message, Flavorful People. And then I thought about titling it, Take It With a Grain of Salt. But I landed on Save the Planet. Because our planet needs God's flavor. And our planet needs a grain of salt. It's interesting with salt that you can get too much of it or you can't get enough. But without it, you'll die. Has anybody ever had a joke played on you where they loosened up the salt shaker and whenever you poured the salt on your food, the, the lid came up and all the salt got on your food? Raise your hand. I live amongst prankful people, and I am a prankster. So many times I reap what I sow, and I sow what I reap. Too much salt will kill you, they tell me. And not enough salt will kill you, they tell me. So the pendulum with saltiness can swing both directions. But he said, you are the salt of the earth. And then he said, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Light is an interesting thing. Like up here, when people come up here for the first time and they give announcements or they, they do something, the first thing, I don't know if you've noticed, but one of the first things they say if this is their first time up here, they go, man, those lights are so bright. But when you get used to the light, to the best of your ability, they don't offend you anymore. And the darker world that you live in, the more you will be offended by them. And when the light comes to you after you've been accustomed to the darkness, if you're not careful, you'll be offended. But light honestly exposes what's in the dark. And that's offensive to a lot of people to be exposed to the truth of who we really are. Anybody with me? I mean, like, like man... I'm the preacher, and, and I, I try so hard to live right and do the right thing. And it's almost like the, <clears throat> let me say this right, the harder I try to be right, and I feel like I, I get there to a degree, but then the, the better man that I am reveals more of the darkness that's in me. And I never, ever get to this place where I really, really want to be. Everybody say it's about the process. Now, I'm not pre, I don't want to preach to any perfect people tonight. If you're, or this morning, if you're a perfect person, you can, you're welcome to come up here. No, you can't come preach because you're lying to me. You can go to the altar, though, <laughs> or repent. 
Sometimes really sick people need time to heal. Anybody here, don't raise your hand, anybody here ever try to fix somebody? You got any married people here? <laughs> Man, if she'd just do what I said, do everything would be all right in my marriage. <laughs> it's about the process. You get too much salt, anybody, and I, I, don't, I don't really want any response to this, but <clears throat> I've been in churches where people were so religious that they, there was no love in their relationship. And I didn't want to be around them. <clears throat> they could quote scripture right and left, and they could just, they was like, they was like taking the lid off the salt shaker and Take that. <laughs> Too much salt will kill you. And I'm not proud of this, but in the, in, in, there's been times that I haven't handled things correctly being the pastor of this church. And Dara and I, for 21 years in May, 22 years in May, <laughs> yeah, yep. you know I've made some mistakes. Sometimes I loosen the, the lid up and uh, got too salty with somebody because they were, they were sicker than I thought they were and I overdid it with the salt. And too much salt will kill relationships. I hope that, and only God knows all these things, but I hope I've not really killed anybody spiritually with too much salt. And I hope that we as a church have not killed somebody with too much salt. Because uh, medicine is good, and they always tell you when you go get a prescription, take this medicine like it's or prescribed. And if you don't take it like it's prescribed, it's called drug abuse. <laughs> So the medicine of the word of God has to be taken as prescribed. The light has to be healthy for us. The salt, the flavor. Oh, I got to get this. Luke 5.31, it is not help, the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call righteous, but sinners to repentance. Sometimes we don't appreciate our good health, so we abuse it either by doing too much or not doing enough and then wondering why we are sick. We, uh, we're good around here at finding places for people to fit in doing something that they're really good at. And we couldn't do what we do around. You know that because you all, <coughs> excuse me, are in the middle of all this. But we've had people in the past, and we really try to guard against this, but we've had people in the past where we've worked them too hard. And then we wake up like down the road and like, where's oh, what's his name at? I haven't seen him forever. And they fell out. And then the devil puts a guilt trip on them because they're, they're overdoing it 
We want, as you serve God, it's important for you to be healthy, kind of like the airlines. Put the mask on yourself first and then put it on your little boy because you got to be healthy before you can help somebody else. You got to have something to give away before you can give it away. We want you to be healthy. And I think that's part of what Jesus is saying here. Blessed people should not take their blessing for granted. Our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Jesus asked the interesting question to the man at the pool of Siloam in in John chapter 5. When Jesus saw him lying there, 5.15 it says, When Jesus saw him lying there, And learned that he had been in this condition a long time. You remember the deal. Whenever the the angel would come and trouble the water. The first one to touch touch the water would be healed. It said that this man had been laying at the pool for a long, long time. And then Jesus shows up. (coughs) Jesus shows up. And he asked this very interesting question. And I would ask you this question today. This is a, it, very important. If, if, stay with me. Jesus asked this question. Do you want to be well? <clears throat> when I first read that, <clears throat> can I get some water? Or maybe some of that coffee, I don't know. Thank you, Dara. I would say I want to be well, (laughs) case in point. But if you are going to be well, you have to embrace the process of being well. The man had laid by the pool for so many years, and it was a very relevant question. Jesus never asked any questions that weren't relevant. He asked the question, do you want to be well? Now, if I was, if I could presume today, I would presume that we all have issues in our life that we don't like that are not necessarily pleasing to God. You can raise your hand if you want. Say, I got some things in my life. I know it's, go ahead and raise your hands if you want. The things in my life, I I know, I I know it's not good. So the question is, do you want to be well? And and it's a very piercing question that Jesus asked here. And then he said, you are the light of the world, light of the earth and the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Interesting. Uh, Matthew 5, 13, you're the salt of the earth, but the salt loses its saltiness. How can it be made salty again? No longer good for anything but be thrown out and trampled by men. So, back in the day of the Roman soldiers, salt was their currency. So, when, they were, when, when the Romans were trying to take over Germania and the different countries as they went through these countries, Roman currency, it wasn't good for anything. But what they would do, they would pay their soldiers with salt because salt would preserve their food and their meat. And if they could have salt, they could, their meat would last for at least a week. 
So salt was life. Jesus knew this. Salt was life for these soldiers. Salt was life back in the day for everybody. And salt was actually more valuable than money or gold. Y'all soak on that a minute. They were paid in salt. You've heard the term, right? He's not even worth his salt. The Latin word for salt is sal, S-A-L. And soldiers, salt money was called salarium. The word that involved compensation for work completed. In old French, the word was salaire, S-A-L-A-I-R-E, and then passed from French to English in the late 13th century as salary. <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. <clears throat> in the modern English, so salt was a valuable commodity around the world, more value than gold to some because having salt to preserve food meant that you could eat year round. And how many knows that's pretty important? So what does salt do? That's a, that's a good question. What does, what does salt do? First of all, salt preserves. Salt preserves your life. And it gives you what you need in life. And it gets you through the hard times and it cleanses you from your unrighteousness. The, when we're the salt of the earth, God has given us what we need to preserve our relationship with him. How many of you are glad that God's grace is a preservative for your relationship with him? Salt purifies. In an impure world, it is an agent of purification. Aren't we glad for that? Salt creates thirst. When we are the salt of the earth, when we are around other people, it creates a thirst. And Jesus said in the Beatitudes prior to this, he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after Righteousness, everybody say righteousness. <clears throat> Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Salt, when we have the right amount of salt, people look at the flavor-filled life that we have, and they say, what does she have? What does he have that I don't have? I want some of that. Creates thirst. Salt melts ice on the road. Anybody grow up in the north where there's ice on the road? They have salt trucks. Did you know that there's a salt mine three miles below Lake Erie? A huge salt mine. They, they got huge equipment down there to bring salt up. And then they put it in the back of trucks and when the ice storms come those salt trucks come out one time I got I got hung up darling I got hung up when we was rodeo and I had a horse trailer on the back of my pickup had a camper trailer going up over Monarch Pass and begin to spin out 
and that scary up on the mountain. And I began to slide backwards. And I cocked the, the, my, my wheel and, and, it, and it jackknifed me back into the mountain. And I wait, had to wait for the truck to come and spread. At that time, it was gravel because they didn't have any salt in Colorado, just over at Lake Erie. And Salt Lake City, but there's a salt mine. Did you know there's a salt mine in, in Hockley? Yeah. Man, I studied about all that. So I had to wait for the truck so I could get up over the mountain. But, but salt also preserves and it melts the ice and it melts the cold, hard heart. Anybody ever have somebody with too much salt and then that made your heart hard and then somebody with just the right amount of flavor came and you're like, well, maybe God's not that bad after all. Maybe I just, maybe I just judged God by the way other people treated me. Just because somebody says that they're a Christian doesn't always mean that they represent Jesus. I'd like for everybody to say amen to that. I said, just, just because somebody says they're a Christian doesn't mean that they always represent Jesus. Please don't, please don't judge God by the way people act. Don't judge God by, the way, by what I say. If I offend you, don't look to me, look to God, because God has all the answers. I'm glad you said amen, because sometimes... Such a great segue. You can have salt in the wound. And when you rub salt in the wound, it's like, it's like, we always use that in a negative context. But listen to this. Salt, saline or sterile salt is commonly used in wound care. And it creates conditions that make it difficult for bacteria to grow, therefore preventing wound infection. It keeps the infection out of your life. Anybody better, ever been infected by what somebody else said? Don't raise your hand, it's okay. Everybody, anybody ever get affected, infected by, by uh, life and the circumstances of life and, and you're just like, it's just not fair. I didn't sign up for this. I, I'm entitled to all this. And then someone comes along and says, get a job. You need to go to work. And you need to rise up above all this circumstance that you've created for yourself and look up because your redemption draws night. Get a job. Go to work and be happy in the kingdom of God. Oh, that hurts a little bit. Good. It's supposed to hurt. Salt can keep you floating. You ever, anybody ever go to the Great Salt Lake and, or uh, the Sea, uh, the the Dead Sea? The reason they call it the Dead Sea is because it doesn't have an outlet, and everything comes in, and then it turns into the salt there, and you can actually float in the Great Salt Lake or the Dead Sea. But the reason it's a Dead Sea is because it doesn't have an outlet. Did you know just coming to church won't make you healthy? Yeah. 
lest you give back out what you got here, sooner or later, you're just going to die because there's no outlet. Oh, boy, aren't you glad you come to church this morning? (laughs) Salt stings. Did you know that? Salt stings. Sometimes the truth offends people. Topics like living together before marriage. But we love each other. Let me tell you something. That's not love. It's just heat. (laughs) You don't love each other. You don't have a clue what love is. Oh, does that sting a little bit? Welcome to the salt dome. (laughs) Same-sex attraction. Kind of stings. But listen, if it's not presented, if it's not presented in a palatable way with just the right amount, sometimes it kills. Stuff like, you, oh man, I, sometimes when I can't sleep, I wake up early, like, like three, three o'clock in the morning, and I'll turn, I don't ever watch religious stations because only when I wake up at three o'clock in the morning. And when I do, I'm reminded why I don't watch religious stations. Because can you believe the gall that these people have that they say, God told me if you'll send me a thousand dollars, you'll get a thousand blessings and you're going to, your couple overrun because you pledged and gave into my ministry. And it just, they just go on and on and on. It's like, stop, just stop. And so what they do, they mess up what God really meant, meant for the church to do about money. And people go, well, all them preachers, all they want is money. That's not the plan. God has a perfect plan. It's a palatable plan. It's a plan that we give with a joyful heart what God asks us to give. And it's not like the preachers on TV say it's supposed to be. God help them when they have to stand before God. Some would rather complain and gossip about a problem than praise and worship the one who has the solution to the problem. Let me say that again. Some would rather complain and gossip about a problem than praise and worship the one who has the solution to the problem. If some of these things sting a little bit, that's okay. We're all under construction. Move on. He said, you're the light of the world. A city on a a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bushel. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they, everybody say they. They. Let your light so shine before men. Men before the world that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father which is in heaven. 
Not see your good deeds and praise you or praise the preacher, but praise the Father which is in heaven that they might see our good deeds and give praise to God because if there's anything that's good in you or me, it's because of Jesus. You wouldn't even like me if I didn't know Jesus. You wouldn't like me. The world needs salt to cleanse the earth. And it needs light to dispel the darkness in this world. This world is dark, but the church is the reason I believe 100% that God has not brought judgment on America because the church continues to shine for the kingdom of God. Everybody say this with me. Say, I am the salt of the earth. Say, I am the light of the world. I am Christ empowered. My life will make a difference. I like that, don't you? I mean, that's good stuff. Let your light so shine. Let light does a lot of different things. It illuminates what can't be seen in darkness. It exposes the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like can, I could go into a lot of details, but I probably shouldn't. I mean, like, when you get old and, and I mean, you need clothes on. <laughs> I mean, like, like, what I mean by that is, is like, 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 you know what furniture disease is, right? That's like when your chest falls down in your drawers. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, it's like, man, light exposes a lot of things you don't want to expose. And before I get any deeper, I'm going to move right along here. They say that we need to get at least 15 to 30 minutes of sunshine three times a week to get the same amount of vitamin D. Go outside, play in the dirt, turn off your... Turn off your cell phone. Turn off your, your play uh, video game. So there's a lot of different kinds of lights. Scientists often describe the light you can see as visible light, which is outside. The entire range of different kinds of light include the light the human eye cannot see. is called the electromagnetic spectrum. What we know as x-ray. In other words, there's a light that sees what's on the inside. It's not what it's seen on the outside, but it's like an x-ray or an MRI where they can understand what's going on on the inside. Paul and Silas, you remember their story. They were beaten and stripped, severely flogged, thrown into a dungeon, fastened by feet stalks and legs spread to induce cramping. And about midnight, in Acts chapter 16, it tells us that Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. (laughs) And the other prisoners were listening to them. The ones on the outside heard Paul and Silas glorifying God. And it came from the inside. Right now I'm talking about a light that you can't see. 
Because when the pressure comes, you're either going to worship and praise God or you're going to start complaining about what's going on on the outside. But it's got to be implanted on the inside. So the question is, what would you have done? Many would have said, God, you're just not fair. Here I am serving you and now I'm thrown in prison. You see, the light on the inside was so strong it began to shine on the outside. That's our prayer. He didn't say, I'm going to shine. They just shined. You see, the sun and the moon, when they wake up in the morning, they don't have a conversation about whether they're going to shine or not. And whether the clouds are out there or not, the sun and the moon still going to shine. It's going to show up every morning. Because they don't ask themselves, am I going to shine today? They just naturally shine. I hope somebody's listening to me. When you wake up in the morning, we have to make up our mind. We're just going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. This little lot of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Don't let it say, blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. You see, when we hide the light, it opens the door for Satan to blow it out. My friend, we have no reason to ever be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Gracious. Mm. Mm -mm. Paul cared about others. Said suddenly there was a violent earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prisoner's door open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're still here. We're not running from anything. We ain't scared of nothing. He didn't say that, but he, he Paul cared more cared about others more than he cared about his own personal freedom. This is what I'm talking about, letting your light shine and, and being the salt of the earth. He cared more about other people than he did about his own personal freedom. I'm in prison, but it ain't going to shake me none. It's because he said it's not going to shake me. God shook the prison doors and he's let the captives go free. And because they had freedom didn't mean that they was going to run. It meant that they're going to let their light shine to the prison guards, to everybody else that's in there. And the prisoner, prison guard said, what must I do to be saved? I can't believe these people aren't running. There must be something that they have that I don't have. Then the light shine. Jesus just wants to have, wants you to bring what you have. The jailer, he called for the lights. Verse 29, the jailer called for lights. That's what happens whenever you really want what God wants for you, you're going to call for the lights. Not just double dog dare anybody to call for the lights. I dare you to ask God, turn the lights on in my life. Turn the lights on in my mind. Turn the lights on in my body. Turn the lights on in my soul. Lord, show me, reveal to me what you want me to see. Turn the lights on so I won't be deceived by the darkness anymore. Anybody need a little bit more light in your life this morning? That's why we come to church, to let the light shine. So the jailer just says, he says, 
He then brought them out and asked, Sir, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved, you and your household. I loved what the jailer said. He said, I want what you have. By the way, that's how we save the planet. One person at a time. Too many times we get to looking at the masses. Just one person at a time. It's like uh, that, that, that cartoon, Pinky in the Brain. Anybody ever see that before? Raise your hand. You ever see Pinky in the Brain? Yeah, you like it. I know you did by your enthusiasm. <laughs> Pinky in the Brain. Pinky's like a, a, a lab rat that's overgrown. And Brain is a little bitty rat that, that is the brain. And Pinky asks the brain every day when they get up, he says, what are we going to do today, brain? And the brain always replies the same answer every time on every cartoon. He says, Pinky, we're going to do the same thing we did yesterday. Try to take over the world. That's what we're going to do today. Tomorrow, the next day, we the church. We're going to try to take over the world because we need to save the planet. Uh, So when salt concentrations in the soil are high, the movement of water from the soil to the root is slowed down. And when the salt concentrations in the soil are higher than inside the root cells, the soil will draw water from the root and the plant will wilt and die. The root is subject to the soil. When seeds come and go in the church, If we're not careful, we will be the soil that squeezes life out of the plant. Why are there ingrown, this is me talking, why are there so many ingrown churches today? Us four and no more. We don't want anybody else coming to our church. This is where I sit. This is my chair. I don't want nobody sitting in my chair. And I give the most money here, so I'm going to run this place. And I'm... It's called being ingrown in church. And what it says is, it says the plant's trying to grow and the soil doesn't have the right balance in it. And so it just sucks the life right out of that plant and the plant dies. We don't want to be like that. We want to be balanced with our salt intake and with our light Jesus had a conversation with his, with his disciples and he said uh, they, were, they were arguing about, about who was going to be greatest in the kingdom of God and they were arguing amongst themselves who was going to be great and then 
Jesus comes along and he says, first of all, he said, it's not up to me because he understood and respected the authority of the Father. But then he said this, he said, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you've got to be the servant of all. That doesn't set real well with us people who, who are arrogant and prideful. You mean if I'm gonna, you mean if I want to be great in your kingdom, I've got to take on the role of a servant and serve people. So what he said, what he actually was saying, this this just hit me this morning. This was just a fresh revelation that I'd never had before. This morning, he said, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you've got to be the salt of the earth. Do you remember what the salt really meant for the Roman soldiers? It meant that they, that their salary was salt. In other words, what Jesus was saying, what I believe Jesus was saying, that if you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven, your reward will be serving other people and serving me. And that's going to be your salary. Your salary for serving me is being able to serve others. And we're like, oh goodness, preacher, I just want to sit by Jesus when I get to heaven. I don't want to have to do anything about it. So what we do, we always give little opportunities around here to serve. Everybody watching online, there's always places you can serve God. God has opened up so many venues to where his kingdom can be blessed by us. We can be a blessing to work. But the way that the world, if, if they see somebody that is, is selfless instead of selfish, selfless instead of selfish and we begin to serve other people because we see that it blesses God and all of a sudden it's not about us anymore it's about him it's about his kingdom it's about eternity for those people that are going to die without God unless somebody steps in the middle and makes a difference in their life they're going to wind up in hell for eternity and if we can make the difference in somebody else's life and earn that salary of serving other people and the benefit is that they come to know Jesus and they are blessed and you are blessed and God is blessed and the kingdom of God lights up and the salt of the earth rises up and people are blessed because we participated in the kingdom of God and God let us be a part of something bigger than us let's pray I gotta go Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to see the value, oh God, of the process of being faithful to you and letting our light shine before other people that they may see our good works and glorify you. Lord, to be that flavor of the earth, oh God. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to save the planet and to save the people of this world for your kingdom. In Jesus' name. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second. This morning, if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, 
I'm just telling you that's the greatest gift known to mankind. It's not of works you can't pay for. You can't ever get good enough to become a Christian. God accepts you just as you are when you accept him just for who he is. So this morning, if you've never accepted him, or maybe if you haven't, you just haven't been living for him, simply by raising your hand, say, Preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Slip your hand up high. Preacher, that's me. Anybody. I need Jesus, and I know the Holy Spirit's talking to me right now. I know I need Jesus. Anybody. Preacher, that's me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you stand with me, please? I'm going to have to get you on, on out of here so we got church again. But uh, thank you all so much for being here. we got our prayer team up here. If you need special prayer, we'd love to have you. I just want to stir you up. I want to stir you up this morning. I, I just felt called just to... Just to let something rise up inside of you that your value is limitless to God. How many would just say, preacher, I want to be the best me that I can possibly be. I want to be everything God created me to be. I want to be the one that God created me to be. Raise your hand. Without distractions, that's just what I want. Let me pray for you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your love. And Lord, I pray that you'd help everybody in this building, everybody watching online, oh God, this morning. May you rise up inside of us, Lord. May we have the wisdom of the word of God so that we won't pour out too much salt or not pour out enough salt. But Lord, that we would be a healthy people, a healthy church. And God, help your entire church, all the other churches, oh God, that name your name and worship you this morning. Help your entire church body to rise up and be blessed. We thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing in our community, in communities across our country, in communities across the world through our missionaries. Lord, bless your world, we pray, we pray and help us to be a part of it. Thank you, Jesus, for today. And we rise up because of who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless y'all. We love you so much.